Okay, guys, we are going to start a new study now, and I'll be honest with you, we're going to be in this for a while, because we're going to look at the book of Acts, and Acts has 28 chapters. 28 chapters, so that means we're going to be in this book a while. Now, I want you to understand, this is a very important book for you and I to grasp. And it's actually good that we're going to spend some time here, because the book of Acts if you look in your Bible, you'll look there, it'll say, different versions say different things. They'll say the Acts of the Apostle, the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Or some of your versions will say the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's nothing divine or inspirational about the title of that book, okay? Those were put there. That, the original, it didn't say the book of Acts when Luke wrote, wrote it, Okay. So I want you to understand that. So, But it, what we're going to look at is basically the Acts of the Apostles. That's correct. But it's also correct to say the Acts of the Holy Spirit because what you're going to see as we go through this book, you're going to see how the Holy Spirit uses the church to impact the world. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about why it's important to kind of get into this book and understand it. Because out of this book come so many wrong ways of thinking and even false doctrine. So, for instance, you know, there, there, there are different, when we talk about the tongues issue, you have to recognize that everybody who speaks in tongues doesn't just fall into one camp. What happens is, is among people who believe in the gift of tongues being for today, there's actually several different camps, and one camp that I would say is very wrong is, is that they out of the book of Acts, believe that when you get saved, a evidence of the Holy Spirit coming in your life is the, is the issue of tongues. That's in, I would believe that's wrong. But we're going to talk about that when we get to it. Here's another one. Acts chapter 2, there are a group of people who believe, I think it's Acts chapter 2, verse 38, where it says, repent and be baptized. They believe that you need to be baptized in order to experience full salvation. It isn't just faith, but that you also need to be baptized. That, my friends, is a heretical doctrine. That's adding to salvation. So this comes out of the book of Acts. So you've got all of these viewpoints that are coming out of it that are some of them are incorrect. And, I, and I'll tell you why it happens. The reason why it happens is because they misunderstand the nature of the book of Acts, what it is. So let's, we're going to talk about that today. We're, going to, we're not going to get right into Acts chapter 1. We're going to have an introductory lesson today to help you to understand the nature of the book of Acts so that we can understand how to read it, how to read it. So here's the first thing we're going to look at. We're going to talk about the nature of the book. The nature of the book. First of all, the New Testament is made up of four types of books. You need to understand that. When you read your Bible, when you're reading the New Testament, you need to understand that there are four types of books in the Bible. Four types of literature is another way to say it. Four types of literature. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed what I'm talking about, that when you read the New Testament that some books and some letters are different from the others. Have you noticed that? That the Gospels are different from, say, the book of Revelation 
The book of Revelation is different from the book of Acts. The Acts is different from the epistles. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? There's four types of books. And so I'm going to delineate them for you. There's the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is a type of literature. The Gospels, or the good news. Gospel means good news. Then there's the historical book. It's a history book. That's the book of Acts. You need to understand that the book of Acts is a historical book. Then there is the apocalyptic book. Now, apocalyptic means cataclysmic or end times. That's the book of Revelation. And then you have the epistles or the letters. They're instructional letters. And we all know those are the letters of Paul or the letters of John or the letters of Peter as well as Hebrews and James. So those are the four types. Now, when I read an epistle... I'm, like, we've gone through epistles here. We just went through an epistle, right? When I read an epistle, I'm looking at something that is a letter that's instructing a group of people, and I'm gaining from that. But when I read the book of Acts, I'm reading a history book. It's a little bit different, isn't it? So you're going to approach the book differently. The purpose of the book is different than the purpose of the epistle. Do you understand? So let's go on. It'll make sense as we go through the letter. Each type of book varies in its purpose and structure. Each one of these books varies in its purpose and its structure. So when you read the book of Acts, you very clearly are seeing that basically Luke is laying out a history of when the church began up into the time that Paul goes to Rome. And so he's listing all of the events and how the gospel spread through all the way to Rome. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's what you're seeing there. But when I read an epistle, I'm reading Paul's letter to a specific church concerning a specific issue that they're facing at, the, at that certain time. When I'm reading a gospel, I'm reading a story of Jesus from his birth to his ascension. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what he said and what he taught and what he did during that time. When I'm reading the book of Revelation, with all of its its imagery and so forth, I'm reading a basically a prophecy literature that is telling me what's going to happen in the future. So the, so the purpose and the structure is different with each one of the books. The difference in types requires approaching the book based upon its type. The difference in type requires approaching the book based upon its type. Now, see, this is where we end up getting messed up with, like, the baptismal regeneration, that you need to be baptized. All, it, somebody was approaching that like it was a doctrinal book teaching us concrete doctrine and what needs to happen. And that's not true. Now, Let's go on. Most Christians do not read Acts like a they would a historical book from the Old Testament. You understand what I mean by that? I'll explain what I mean. Let me the historical books from the Old Testament. Let me let me tell you who they are. That's Joshua. That would be Judges, 
First, Second Samuel, First, Second Kings, First, Second Chronicles. Okay, those are historical books in the Old Testament. Now, what happens is, is that Christians they'll read those books and they'll say, "Oh, that's cool. What happened back then? What happened back then? That's cool." Nobody goes to those books and looks for doctrine. Have you noticed that? Nobody goes to any of those books of the Old Testament and looks for doctrine for how they live their lives. However, Christians, though, when they take the same type of book in the New Testament, which is the book of Acts, everybody goes to the book of Acts looking for, are you ready for this, a lesson. Looking for a doctrine or a theology. And that's where they get messed up. They would never do that with the Old Testament historical books. But our tendency is to do it with the book of Acts. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we need to approach both the same way. We need to approach both the same way. So, we believe that the book of Acts sets biblical precedents for our own lives. That's, that's what the issue is. We look at the book of Acts and we say that this is setting biblical precedents for how we should live our lives. Now, let me just stop for a moment. That's pretty difficult, isn't it? Because what you're going to see is, while the book of Acts is a historical book, as with any of the historical books in the scripture, the historical books don't tell you everything. They only tell you what the Holy Spirit wants you to know about that incident. Okay? As we go through some of the issues that we're going to see here, I'm going to fill you in on the background history and and point out to you what the Holy Spirit wanted you to see. Do you understand? Not so much the history of it, But the point of the book of Acts is for you to see what the Holy Spirit wanted you to see about that incident. But the problem is, is we go to it and we're looking for biblical precedents. What should we do? In fact, how many of you have ever been around people? This used to be an issue 20 years ago. You you would see a church and, and the church would say, oh, we're trying to be like the early church. You ever been around a church that was like that? We're trying to be like the first century church here. You ever been? I've I've met used to meet pastors who would talk that way. We're we're trying to be a first century church. My reply to them is, which one? Huh? Because they're looking for a principle out of the Book of Acts, and I'm saying to them, which one? You trying to be like Corinth? Nobody wants to be like Corinth. They had lots of problems. You know, which one are you trying to be like? See, the problem is, is we go back in history, we're trying to find a precedent to how we should live our lives. Now, think about that for a moment. How many of you do that every day? Do you go back and look at George Washington's life and say, I'm going to be like George? What can I learn from George for me today? Do we do that? Anybody communicate that at work? How would you look at them if they communicated that way at work? You'd send them for a drug test, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to say but that's what we do with the book of Acts that's what we do with the book of Acts we're looking for a precedent for how we live our own lives that's really not what the book of Acts is about we see Acts as presenting us the history of the church as well as the model for the church so yeah we recognize it's the history of the church but we also think it's the model for how we do church let me just tell you right now It's not the model. 
Because how we do church today is completely different than how they did church back then. And, and some of you say, well, we need to do like they're doing back then. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. That's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. And we're going to see why as we go through the history, okay? Because some of you are going to be like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. But see, that's based, a lot of what they did was out of their culture. And let me just stop for you a moment. When we look at the book of Acts and the church in the book of Acts, it's made primarily of Jews. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's made primarily of Jews. All right, so we look, we think Acts is presenting a history of the church as well as a model for the church. I don't think that we're going to see that there, okay? This concept has resulted in most of the divisions that we find in the church today. You want to know why we have denominations in America? Ever wonder why we have denominations in America? A lot of it comes out of disagreement over how to do church, and some of it comes out of the book of Acts. One of the big issues is government, church government. How do we run our churches? Do we run them congregationally? We're a congregational church. Do we run them like an Episcopal? What does that mean? You guys have no say. It's the dude at the top. Okay? Or a bishop. You know, so a lot of that comes out of your view of the book of Acts and whether or not you see it as a model for how you do church today. That's why we have divisions today. This is why, okay, the tongues issue. That divides churches. How you view the tongues issue comes out of the book of Acts. So, the issues include church government, tongues, baptism. What do you mean baptism, George? Well, there are some groups today that believe you should be, babies can be baptized. Well, that's not in the book of Acts. Well, they take how the, the what the Greek word means and try to make it into that. The Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? The concept of the Holy Spirit. And even, are you ready for this? How many have heard about the churches in West Virginia that handle snakes? Snake handling. You see it on the news. How many have seen it on the news? Or hear about a preacher every now and then getting killed because he got bit by the snake. That comes from the book of Acts. They get snake handling from the book of Acts. Aren't you glad we don't believe that's the model for doing church today? So, do you see what I'm saying? This is an important book for us to study, isn't it? This is an important book. Now, Let's talk about the purpose. Why do we want to study the book of Acts? And I thought about this, you know, I, I didn't want it just it to be a scholarly study for us, but I wanted us to, because we're talking about our future as a church, aren't we? We're talking about what is our purpose for being here. We're talking about reaching out and being empowered by the Holy Spirit to touch our community and our county, Right? I thought this would be a good back, a book for us to read to inspire us. Not to be the kind of church that's in the book of Acts. Because first of all, there's more than one church listed in the book of Acts. But rather, to have a greater glimpse of God and what God can do with a group of people. Do you understand what I'm saying? What God can do with a group of people. So here's the purpose. It shows the church 
how the church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, moved from Jerusalem to Rome. The book of Acts shows us how the church, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, moved from Jerusalem, from 450 people, all the way to Rome. Shows how that happened. Shows you how God can work. All right? Here's the other thing. The book of Acts has no interest in the lives and biographies of the apostles. Have you noticed that? There's very few apostles mentioned in the book of Acts. You know, you don't hear everything about Peter. You don't hear everything about Paul. Do you realize you hear nothing about the apostle named Judas? There was another apostle named Judas, not Judas Iscariot. You don't hear anything about Matthew. Anybody remember hearing Andrew in the book of Acts? No. Thaddeus? Did you understand what I'm saying? You don't hear about any of those other apostles. The book of Acts is not interested in giving you the biographies concerning the lives of these apostles. Period. It's not going to happen. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to tell you how God ignited a church and spread that church through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to affect the world. You understand? To affect the world. The book of Acts shows very little interest in church organization or government. You can't go to the book of Acts and say, well, we got to have deacons. Well, yeah, you could say you can go to book of Acts chapter 6, but Acts chapter 6 doesn't use the word deacon. Nowhere do you see it say anything other than one office, elders, where he appointed elders, okay? Does that mean that's all we should have as elders? No. The book of Acts isn't focused on how you do government. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't focus on how you do government. That's not the focus of the book of Acts. All right? The book of Acts does not focus on the expansion of Christianity in other areas. We know that one of the apostles went all the way to India. You're not going to see that in, in, in this book. You're not going to see it in the book of Acts where one of the apostles goes to India. You're not going to see where one of the apostles evangelizes all of northern Africa. You're not going to see that. Because that's not the point of the book of Acts. The point of the book of Acts is to talk about the spread of the gospel through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to where? Anybody know where's the final place we end up in the book of Acts? Rome. That's what the purpose is, is to show how the gospel gets to Rome. How the apostles end up in Rome. Now, the book of Acts is not simply a church history, though. So it's not just simply a church history. When we talk about the books of Acts, we're not just talking about a church history. Why? Because I've already mentioned to you, not everything historically is shared in the book of Acts. Not everything is historically shared in the book of Acts. So, for instance... When you come to where the, one of the first apostles is killed, and that's James, the brother of John, all we read is, is that Herod, wanting to please the Jews, reached out and had John killed. 
But the book of Acts doesn't go and tell you all of the historical details behind that. There's actually a lot more historical details in history and documents that are out there outside of the Bible that tell us why it occurred. That's not the point. The book of Acts doesn't go there. It just simply says he got killed and it talks about something else. It talks about it in another, for another reason. So it doesn't fill you in in all of the details. So it's not just simply a history book. Not just simply a history book. The book of Acts was a model of God's overall expansion of the gospel by the Holy Spirit. This is what we're talking about. It's not a model for doing church. It's not a model for how to do government. It's not a model for doctrine. It's not a model for anything. What the book of Acts is about, here's what the purpose is, is to show you how the Holy Spirit expands the gospel, period. Do you understand? It's about evangelism. It's about reaching out with the gospel and being empowered. Do you understand what I'm saying? It tells you that God is the one who's in control, who's reaching out. Do you understand? So if we're going to draw any kind of inspiration, because here's the thing, we were just talking about this yesterday. If you weren't here for prayer breakfast yesterday, you missed a great prayer breakfast. We had a great time of prayer. And one of the things we talked about in our prayer time and prayed about in our prayer time is is that as a church, if we turn inward, we're going to die. But for a church to be alive, we have to always have an outward focus, which means, folks, we have to have evangelism and the concern for others coming to Jesus Christ in the forefront of our mind. you agree with that? Okay. So how do we do that, George? Well, we look at a book of Acts and we see how the Holy Spirit led them and empowered them to do the work. Do you understand what I'm saying? How the Holy Spirit led them and empowered them to do the work. And you can draw inspiration from that, that God can still use a group of people to do that, to touch their community. Do you know what I'm saying? To touch their community. This is what this is about. The book of Acts is about reaching out with the gospel. Reaching out with the gospel. So, How do you read the book of Acts? Here's our next section. How do we read the book of Acts? Unless the scripture explicitly commands something, a narrative does not mean a function. Here's the principle. When you read a historical book, a historical book, a a literature name for it would be, when you talk about the story, you're talking about a narrative. When you are looking at the stories in the book of Acts, they are not commands for you to follow unless the scripture flat out commands it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Unless it is a direct command in the book of Acts or any historical books, you're not to necessarily follow it. Now, you can learn something from it. You can maybe find something to apply to your life. But that doesn't mean that it is a function because it's a story. Do you understand? Not if Unless it's explicitly told to you to do it, you don't need to require everybody else to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't need to require anybody else to do it. Incidental accounts cannot be taken as commands to be obeyed. So, for instance, when it says in Acts 
2.38, repent and be baptized, which is a part of Peter's speech or his sermon, that's the only time in the whole Bible that it ever says that. Would you say that's an incidental thing happening? Yes. So that, but simply because it's incidental doesn't mean that that is a requirement for every one of us here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just because it happened, or, okay, Paul's reaching for, he's on Malta, he's reaching after a shipwreck, he's reaching for sticks to burn, and a viper reaches out and grabs a hold of his hand, and he, he sits there and shakes it off and he doesn't die, doesn't mean that we should start what? Handling snakes. Did you understand what I'm saying? That, that it's a test of your faith that you can survive the bites of a viper. That doesn't mean that. Okay, so incidental accounts cannot be taken as commands to obey. So you need to understand that's true with any historical book in the Bible. The author's intent is sharing a, in sharing a story is the key to understanding the text. If you want to understand what's going on and the purpose of it for your life, you need to understand why the author is sharing it. You need to understand why, why Luke wrote it. If, that's how, if you're going to gain the understanding of the text, you need to understand what's his purpose in writing it. Actually, that's true for any of the books you read in the, in the Bible. It's not what you think it means, it's what the author is doing with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so that gives you an understanding. It's never valid to use an analogy with an historical text. All right, does anybody know what an analogy is? Okay, how many of you remember from school, some of you are going to have to think back for a while, Aesop's Fables. Do you remember Aesop's Fables and the story of the wolf and the story of a goat or a story of this and a story of that? And, and, and when you read that story, it was a cute little story, especially if you read them to your kids, and out of it came some sort of moral principle that you and I were supposed to follow in life. Do you understand now what Aesop's fables are? Okay. You would be surprised how many Christians read the book of Acts like it's Aesop's fables. Because they're looking for some sort of analogy, some sort of principled story that they can apply to their lives to be better Christians. It's never valid to do that. It's never valid to take a historical text and use it as an analogy, okay? Because the problem is this. Here's what the problem is, okay? Let's say I've got Bruce. He's studying the book of Acts, and he's in Acts chapter 5, and he's reading the story of Ananias and Sapphira, and they're lying, and how they got killed. I've got Sam. He's reading the same story. I've got Randy. He's reading the same story. And, and, and their assignment, let's say George gives them an assignment, find, find, find something out of there for us to apply to our lives. Now here's the problem. We come back the next week. Bruce gets up, he shares his story. And, and he, he talks about Peter's authority and he can drop the bomb and people drop dead. Sam gets up, he talks about lying and why it's wrong. 
Randy, he's just confused and he just shares whatever's coming out of his confusion. This is the difficulty. The problem is, is that you can have so many people reading a historical text and they come, and they can come up with different concepts. Which one's right? Which one's right? Well, I don't like Bruce's because of the, the thing about a pastor dropping a bomb and, well, hey, it's there in the text. You want to go for it there? No, no, you don't go for it there. You have to be careful how you handle the text. It's never beyond what the author's intent was. Do you understand? Gene, you look like you got a question. Okay, it's okay to get other people's perspectives as they look at the text, but you got to be careful because their perspective may not be right. And you have to go with what the author's intent. So if you're going to have a discussion, you're going to say, okay, what's the author trying to get across here? That's a good question. It's never a good question to enter into a Bible study and say, so what do you feel about this passage? That's a wrong question. I'm sorry to shock you. Okay. Okay. So it's a wrong question to ask. Why? Because that makes you the authority. When you ask that kind of question, you become the authority. Your opinion becomes an authoritative opinion. That's not true, folks. That's how we get wrong doctrine. That's how we get people messed up in their thinking. What you need to recognize is the authority is in your hand. What is it communicating to you? It's not what you feel about it. It's what the text is saying. You've got to go with what the text is saying, not what your analogy is. And when we go through the passage, we're going to look at that, okay? We're going to look at those things, and you need to understand that. You need to understand that. See, our purpose, can I be honest with you, our purpose in Bible study is not to figure out, come to some sort of consensus, what we all think about a passage. Our purpose in Bible study is to discover what God says about the passage and what God is communicating to us, and do we grasp that, and how do we apply it to our lives? Do you understand? Wow, I just shocked everybody, and now I'm not going to have anybody in Bible studies anymore here at the church, okay? So, all right, let's go on. Let's talk about the author. The author, Luke, is not mentioned by name in the book of Acts. The author is Luke. He is a Gentile. Paul describes him as a physician. And you have to understand what that means in biblical times as far as being a doctor is completely different than what it means today. You have to understand that. In fact, in Paul's day, the ancients often thought of, of doctors as being magi magicians. Seriously. They did. And their methods were crude. And he's obviously not a magician, but he does help people physically. But he's not mentioned in the book of Acts at all. He's not mentioned in the book of Acts at all. Luke must have been a Gentile, for Paul differentiates him from the Jews in Colossians chapter 4. When he is mentioned, he's mentioned in the letter of Colossians, and he's mentioned not with the Jews that Paul mentions, but he mentions 
others who are Gentiles, and Luke is in that group. So he's obviously a Gentile. Gentile believer. Paul refers to Luke as a physician in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. Now, if you and I are going to understand the book of Acts, you need to understand that there is a key verse. There's a key verse that kind of gives, that kind of guides us into our understanding of how to read the book of Acts. And so that the key verse for understanding the book of Acts is Acts 1.8. And in Acts 1.8, here's what Jesus says. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. So the key verse to understanding that is Acts 1.8, because here's what Jesus is saying. He's not giving them a road map. He's telling them what they're going to do. And he says, you will be witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And what you're going to see is, that's what happened. That's how the book of Acts is laid out. You see, first the gospel spread in Jerusalem, then into Judea, then into Samaria, and then a major portion of it shows how it went to the othermost parts of the earth. So with that, from this, book of Acts can be divided into three sections. Jerusalem is chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 6, verse 7. Judea and Samaria is chapter 6, verse 8, through chapter 9, verse 31. And then the rest of the world is chapter 9, verse 32, through chapter 28, verse 31. That's how you divide the book. Now, next week, we're going to launch right into chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and looking at the Lord's commission.